0: The Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by our collection of capsule guides and style masterclasses. Maybe you're struggling with creating a style that really feels like you, or maybe you're overwhelmed by your overstuffed closet, or maybe you just want an easy, done-for-you wardrobe plan. Whatever you need, we've got a solution for you. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com and use code PODCAST at checkout to take 20% off of your next purchase. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at your Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day, so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hello, friend. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast. I know if your podcast feed is anything like mine, you don't have enough time to listen to all the things you'd like to listen to. So I just want to thank you for putting this one on your must-listen list. It really means a lot to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, today we are talking about style advice from the internet. The wonderful thing about the internet is that there's a lot of information out there. You can literally find anything. You want to learn how to change your oil? Awesome, you can do that. You want to learn how to get a stain out of your carpet? That's on there. But the problem with the internet is that there's a lot of information out there. Anyone can write anything, and if they're good enough at SEO, people will find it. You don't have to be an expert, and there's no test you have to pass before you can be an internet contributor, so it makes for some questionable advice out there. In my job, I see a lot of style information and great advice on a daily basis. I also see a lot of style misinformation and questionable advice, and that's what we're talking about today. Just a few of the things I've seen on the internet that have made me say, huh, I don't know about that, or, I disagree. Or in some cases, oh, heck no, that's flat out wrong. Now, you're probably thinking, who does this woman think she is? Why is she right and everyone else wrong? And you know what? Fair point. Some of the things I'm sharing today aren't necessarily wrong. They're just things I disagree with. And I'll share why. My knowledge in this area has come from two decades of helping thousands of women through their style challenges. And I've seen some of this advice in action, and I've seen how it's led women to more confusion. You might disagree with me and you might agree with the internet style advice and you know what? That's okay too. So to quickly recap, I do not think that I am the internet's only right person when it comes to style advice. Not even close. There is so much good stuff out there, but there's also a lot of questionable advice and today I'm using my experience and technical knowledge to clear some of it up. When the advice we're talking about today comes from a bigger source than me, I will tell you where it's from. When it comes from a smaller source, I won't. That just doesn't feel right to me. Also, in this episode, I'll be using a fact check rating scale similar to Snopes with a few modifications for our purposes. Let's dive in. Our first bit of advice comes from an O Magazine article that I can no longer find. I have had this episode in my head a very, very long time, and this one made an impact on me. But that's okay, because the same advice is on real simple, good housekeeping, and almost every other how to dress your body shape article that exists on the internet. And that advice is the recommendation of curvy fit jeans for Apple body shapes. If there was a rating I could give that is stronger than false, I would choose that one. But since there isn't, we'll just go with false. 100% absolutely false. Friends, I could fill an entire episode about just the terrible advice for apples I found on the internet. Everything from tuck in your top to wear a colorful belt to highlight your waist. What? No, no. Ask any apple if she wants to bring attention to her midsection, and you're probably not going to find many takers on that one. Now here's where this crap advice comes from, I think. The apple-shaped body is almost always misunderstood by people who aren't wardrobe stylists. There is a difference between fashion bloggers and wardrobe stylists. Both have their place, but it's a very different job. Actual wardrobe stylists who have dealt with actual bodies understand the apple shape a little bit better. Apple isn't a size, it's a shape. But throwaway advice assumes that all apples are plus size. And what's the word we use when we don't want to say plus size? Curvy. You all know how much I hate that, right? You should by now. Why? Because curvy is also a shape, not a size. Curvy means smaller in the waist than in the hips. Apple shapes are bigger in the waist, so curvy pants are the exact opposite of what you need. But if apple means plus and curvy means plus, of course people will say that curvy styles are best for apples. If you are an apple and a pair of pants or jeans says curvy on them, run. Run far and run fast from those evil bottoms. They are not for you. But the takeaway for everyone here, Apple or not, is that technical advice on how to dress body shapes is best delivered by people who have actually dressed real bodies. Even like celebrity stylists, they don't necessarily get it. Look for people who dress real people. Preferably, they've dressed lots and lots of real people. I'm not the only one out there. Doesn't have to be my advice, but vet the expert before you take the advice. The second piece of advice today is from a smaller account that I follow. So we're keeping that info under wraps. But recently there was an image posted on Instagram that said, did you know earrings bigger than a quarter take 10 pounds off for our British listeners? That's weight, not money. My rating on this one, would actually be mostly true or a mixture. The problem here is that while the claim can be true, you'd need more information to use the advice well. Let me explain. I've always said that accessories tell people's eyes where to go. So if you want to draw attention to your face instead of your midsection, let's say, earrings will help the eye travel northward to that focal point. Obviously, tiny earrings have less than of an effect than like a big bold pair. So that's why the advice works. What's missing though is the style and the shape of the earrings for your face and your neck. If you have a shorter neck and broad shoulders and an undefined jawline, big stud earrings or earrings that kind of look quarter shaped or a pair that's even just wider than it is long. Will draw attention right to that spot and have the opposite effect of what you're going for. It's gonna make that area that you probably don't wanna highlight the focal point. In that case, you're better off choosing longer earrings, which can elongate your face and neck and it makes the eyes travel up and down. So it makes your whole upper body look longer and leaner. Now, if you're someone with a really long neck, Long earrings aren't as transformative, and in that case, you want those big studs or a horizontal shape pair to create that focal point instead of creating movement. Blanket advice like this isn't helpful because it makes women feel like they know what to do to get the results they want, but they don't have all the knowledge they need to use the advice well. The takeaway here is to watch out for any advice offered with zero additional information on how to use the tip. And remember that there's very little style advice that truly applies to everyone. Chances are you're only getting half the story. Next up is a bit of closet organization advice from M.M. Le Fleur, maker of high quality basics and gorgeous workwear. Now I fully acknowledge that this next one is an opinion and how can you fact check an opinion I don't know, but it's my show. So here we are. Their advice was to organize your closet by activity, like all workwear together, all special occasion or going out things together and all casual weekend stuff together. My opinion rating on their opinion is mixture. The reason I'm not giving this one a mostly false or false rating is that there are some cases where this might be a good idea, although most of the time it's not. When there is a huge difference in formality between the parts of your life, it may make sense. You might remember a Linda that I shared ages ago, who was a VP of an internet company during the week and ran a goat farm. She lived on a goat farm on the weekend. There was no crossover in that Linda's wardrobe. None. Not one piece that she owned could be used in other ways. She wasn't going out to dinner or to work in her farm clothes and vice versa. So really, she had three completely separate wardrobes with zero overlap. If that's your situation, hanging your kind of smaller, pared-down wardrobes together makes sense. However, this isn't the case for most women. And as workwear gets more casual, it becomes even less true. When you separate your closet like that, you miss opportunities for some of your clothes to be used more and in different ways, and it results in the need for a bigger wardrobe. I'll never forget a Linda I worked with who, prior to working together, used to go buy the outfit right off the mannequin, every piece, like jewelry, everything. Then she'd hang it all in her closet all together, jewelry, everything, so she could just grab the outfit easily. She ended up having a ton of basic white shells and tees and duplicates of jeans, like the exact same pair of jeans. It was not a very functional wardrobe, and it was much bigger than it needed to be. While most women don't go to that extreme, we often miss opportunities to wear things because we think of them as working for only just one part of our lives. But you can throw on a blazer over jeans and a tee as easily as you can a cardigan and look a little bit more polished for a lunch date. You can wear a chambray shirt that you normally wear you know, on the weekends with a skirt for a polished casual office outfit. The more your clothes can talk to each other, the more use you get out of them and the fewer things you need to buy. So set yourself up for that by hanging them together in your closet. My advice, as you know, would be to group items together by category, like all tops together, all skirts together, all dresses together, and then sort them in that category by either sleeve length or hem length. Your wardrobe will be a lot more functional and you'll see things in a new way. If you want to hear more about my closet organization tips, check out our episode on editing your closet like a pro. The link is in the show notes for you. Next up is advice I know you've seen somewhere, and that is women should avoid wearing horizontal stripes. This one is interesting because a lot of younger fashion bloggers have this one on their sites under fashion rules to break or advice you can ignore. And it's usually phrased something like this. Who cares if they make you look bigger? If you love them, wear them. And yes, you should absolutely wear them if you love them. But in there is the message that stripes will always make you look wider and that that is always a bad thing. Now, blogs that cater to a more mature reader are a little bit more blunt in their assessment of stripes. Like, stripes make your upper arms look fat and should be avoided completely. That is an actual quote I read last week. My fact check on this one is mostly false. Here's the only time it's true. You should not wear horizontal stripes. Here's the one situation where you should not wear horizontal stripes. When you don't like the way they look, period, that's it. I shouldn't have to keep saying that you should wear things that make you feel good and that you shouldn't wear things that don't make you feel good and that you don't have to wear things that you don't feel good in just to prove some body positivity point, just wear what you like. But with that said, We need to look at stripes a little bit deeper because not all stripes are created equal and neither are all bodies and they're not always widening and you should not always avoid them. So here we go. The idea that stripes make you look bigger comes from the fact that when there is a break in color, especially a severe break in color in your outfit, it disrupts the visual line and can have a widening effect. That's why wearing monochromatic outfits is always listed as a dress slimmer tip because there's no break in color. That's it. So a high contrast like black and white stripe creates lots of harsh breaks in color. One thing you can do is decrease the contrast like a gray and white. When you do that, the effect is softened. The other thing that matters is the size of the stripe. The wider the stripe, the bigger the widening effect. As the stripe narrows, so does the effect. When you get to a super skinny microstripe, it actually has the opposite effect. It's like it's an amazing optical illusion. So now that you know that all stripes aren't the same, let's talk about bodies. In the Dress Your Body Shape Like a Pro Masterclass, the first thing we have you do is figure out your goals for dressing your body. Do you want to create or enhance curves? Are you trying to balance your upper and lower halves of your body? For body shapes that are out of balance like that, as much as I know our students would love to just make the bigger part look smaller, that isn't completely possible. You also have to make the smaller part look a little bit bigger too. I have a pair of shorts that are a bold, wide, black and white stripe pattern. They make my hips look wider, which for my body shape is what I'm going for. I can only make my upper body look so much narrower. I got to make my lower body look a little bit wider. Someone else might not want that. They might want to make their upper body look a little bit broader to balance their lower half. That's not always a bad goal. Creating balance is one of the key things you can do to dress your body shape best, and you can use patterns like stripes to help you do that. The takeaway on this one is that you should wear or not wear any kind of stripe you want, but don't avoid stripes altogether because they're not all the same and they can be used strategically to achieve your goals for dressing your body. The next bit of advice is from the website, The Spruce. And again, it's advice you hear all the time. And that is, if you haven't worn it within a year, get rid of it. My rating here is that it is a mixture. It's not totally false, but it's not totally true. Here's the true part. You should get rid of clothes that you don't wear and aren't serving you. Those should absolutely go. The untrue part for me is that time should be the biggest consideration. I don't know about you, but a good chunk of my wardrobe didn't get used at all in 2020. And even a big part of 2021, I'm not back to all the same activities that I was. And even outside of COVID, when we moved and I stopped seeing clients frequently and I stopped going out as much. I didn't have as many occasions to wear things, but I loved them and I still love them. And if I had an opportunity to wear them, I wouldn't go shopping. I'd go to my closet. To me, that is a much better way to determine if you should part with something or not. Instead of asking yourself, have I worn this in a year? Ask yourself, have I had opportunities to wear this in a year, but I haven't? If every time you have an occasion to dress up a little, you go shopping and ignore the things in your closet that you absolutely could wear, but don't want to, you need to ask yourself why that is. Not wanting to wear your clothes is a much better guide than not having a place to wear them. The other side of that coin is that I will bet right now, there are things in your closet that you have worn in the last 12 months, but they don't make you feel like a million bucks. Don't keep those things just because you check that I've worn it in a year box. The goal of editing your wardrobe isn't just to get rid of stuff. That's great. I love getting rid of stuff. But the goal should be to curate a wardrobe that you love and hanging on to things that you don't love won't help you get to that point. There are things I know that you're hanging on to and even wearing that you probably hate. I get it. I've got those things too. They're functional, but they don't make you feel good. Why not commit to upgrading them when you can and replace them with something that you're excited to wear? The takeaway here is that yes, you need to edit your wardrobe and yes, you need to get rid of things that aren't working, but time shouldn't be the biggest consideration. How you feel about it and how you feel in it are way more important. The last one is from Lifehacker, which says, if you like something, buy it in every color. My rating here is mostly false, and here's why. When I used to work with clients who felt blah and boring and bland and wanted my help to get them out of their style ruts, their closets had one big thing in common, and that is tops in multiple colors. Here's what would happen. They'd want something new, so they'd go to the store, they'd find something they'd like, and they'd figure... I love it. I'll buy it in a few colors. That will give me more to wear. Then they'd wear the same top basically every day and they would start to feel boring and bland and stuck in a rut. So they'd head back to the store and repeat the process all over again. I can remember one Linda saying to me, no matter what I do, I just feel like I always look the same. I was kind of like, that's because you do. A purple cardigan with a white tee and jeans isn't that drastically different than the exact same cardigan in navy paired with the same tee in gray and the same style jeans. It's just literally the same. You can't mix and match anything or create interesting outfits when everything is the same. Buying the same top in multiple colors leads to too many clothes and not enough to wear and a style rut. But there are times when I do recommend buying multiples, which Is what gave the mostly false but not totally false rating. If you are super picky or really tough to fit and you find things that work, go ahead, go for it. If you have never in your life found pants that fit you well and you find that unicorn, girl, buy them in every color and get two pairs of black ones in case they get discontinued. If you're someone who literally hates everything and you know who you are and you find something you actually like, get it in a couple of colors. But Making multiples your default wardrobe building strategy is a bad idea otherwise. All right, that's all I got for you today. I hope you had fun fact-checking internet style advice with me. And I hope this is a reminder to look critically at all the information that comes your way and see if it rings true for you. Now, if you run across any style advice out there that you'd like me to rate and fact check, just send a link to it to podcast at youreverydaystyle.com. Maybe we'll do this one again if we get some suggestions from you. All right, that's it. Take care. I will see you next time. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time, and until then, stay stylish.